B-E-D-U-L-A-O. Watch your back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you what you back, watch your back. A chance is gonna get you what you back, watch your back. Oh, there's a chance Hi, Douglas. Hi, Julie. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? We're doing great. I'm excited about um, season two. Yes, we're starting. No, well, we've already started season two. Well, this is going to be season two, right? Yeah, this, this will be is part the, of the first season. season or, or it's true that we have other podcasts that are not going to be. This is not the first podcast of second season. No. But it's our first recording. First recording after a break. Yeah. And uh, it's it's so so everybody. Remind us if we do something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't. don't. <laughs> I mean, unless you want to. But. I mean, we only half of our emails are complaints. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 doing good on average. Yeah, I so think. far so good. We're coming out unscathed. <laughs> we are. How so, was your break? How was your summer? It's nice. I stayed in Bilbao. Mm-hmm. My mom came to visit, which was lovely. Yeah. That was. I met your mom. She's lovely, lovely lady. Very sweet to walk around Bilbao with her mm-hmm. and show her the sights and mm-hmm. eat the delicious foods. Yes. That's all it was about. I went back to Boise, another oh, Basque land. The, uh, one of the real Basque lands. <laughs> yes. And I ended up hanging out at the Basque Center. Like, I go all the way over to the U.S., and I end up hanging out at the Bass Center. And you didn't have And there were dancers and everything. They had <sighs> band, and yeah, it was pretty funny. How sweet. Like, how did I end up hanging out in the Bass Country, coming all the way over I mean, here? It follows us, Julie. <laughs> we fell in love with it somehow, right? Yep. Absolutely. And I hope everybody falls in love with parts of the Bass Country. Backlands. It's, <laughs> it's not all to be loved, but there's a lot to be loved. Well, like most places, right? Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, this is Crimes of the Basquelands. It's yes. a podcast about crimes that take place either in Euskadi, which is the Basque Country, mm-hmm. or around the world that have any tenuous link to the Basque Country. Yeah. Mostly we think about descendants of people from the Basque Country, so we'll yeah. just look for a surname, and that's enough for us to talk about. Yeah. Whatever happens. Mm -hmm. And we like to take crimes from present day and some historical Mm -hmm. aspects. And then sometimes we do kind of more current things, which is the cheeky sods, right? We just kind of talk about stories. Yeah. Headlines that always do have a tenuous connection to the Basque lands. Mm -hmm. Thus our crazy title. Mm -hmm. We also like to have a drink with ourselves, don't we? Yes, yes. Um, so tonight we're drinking a chacolí, which we've drank before. Mm-hmm. It's Mendigorri, mm-hmm. and it's Mendi Mountain. Yes. Gorri Red. Yeah, you got it. The Red mm-hmm. Mountain. Mm-hmm. See, I'm learning my best. How sexy. This is from Getaria. Getaria, very traditional um, chacolí producing region. Yeah. All right, well, should I get started on the story for this Let's week? dive in. Okay. Let's dive in. So I'll start with my sources. Deia El Mundo... La newspapers. Inf- yes. La Información, La Vanguardia, El Correo. And like there's people in Bilbao, I mean. I, yeah. <laughs> they talk about it too. They know about these. <laughs> and uh, Aitebe, mm. Bilboco Compartzac, 
It's also a source. And of course, Wikipedia. You know, you can't. Nice. Don't forget them. Something from Wikipedia. So tonight's episode is a timely one, right? Because at the beginning, at the time of recording today, Mm -hmm. we just finished celebrating Asta Negusia in Bilbao. Yeah. Yeah. Negusia is uh, the big week, Mm -hmm. kind of uh, the main week. You could also translate it. You can translate a few different ways, but the big week is kind of a good translation. Yeah. And it refers to the week-long festivities uh, for Bilbao fiestas. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, in, 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 in you know Spain and Portugal, normally a city has fiestas at the day of the patron saint of yeah. that city or town. Yeah. Um, however, because there were no fiestas, as, as far as I understand, uh, before you know the end of the dictatorship... No, there was... There were. Oh, this mm-hmm. is part of your story. Yeah. Well, I just know that they refounded them, right? They yeah. started again somehow yeah. a- after the dictatorship. They went. A, they went through a change. Yeah. And so. Over that. And, and and yeah, and part of that was I don't know if it was the same length before, but you know, it's yeah, know. it's not very religious anymore. Like the whole refounding of the thing, the the main character of our fiestas is called Marihaya. So so. Haya means party, mm-hmm. and it's you can also instead of saying fiestas, you can say hayak if you're using hayak, yeah. the Basque term. And so um, she is called like Mary Party, if we're going to translate it. So she stands in for a saint instead of being Saint, you know, Paula or Maria or whoever. We call her, you know. Uh, Party Maria, Mary Party. <laughs> so she's she kind of, party. she stands in for the patron saint. And because it goes from, is it is it Friday? No, it's Saturday till Sunday, Sunday, right? So it takes, that's why it's called a big week, because it's not seven days. It's Nine. a little bit longer, exactly. Yeah. So that's that's my explanation for uh-huh. Asta Negocia. Good, good. Yeah, and so like things like uh, fireworks every night. Mm-hmm. There's the Toro de Fuego, which is hilarious. I don't know what that is. You don't? No. Toro it's the guy de that fuego. wears the bull thing on his back, and it's got fireworks shooting off like sparks. Right. So it's the Does fire- he run after Toro's children? bull, right? And yes, then it yes. just like yeah, it runs after children. <laughs> so it's like such a crazy like the kids are running from this fiery. Right. It must be something that happens. Hilarious to me in a place, you know, obviously there aren't a lot of lawsuits here. Mm, I mean, you know. For danger. I mean, when the child... I've never heard of anybody getting hurt. When the five-year-old trips and falls on the floor, (laughs) running away from the scary bull. Yeah. No Bilbaino would sue the city or, no. or anything. But, you know, I, we could imagine it happening somewhere else. Yeah, like the first time I saw it, I was just like blown away. There's also like the Giants Heads parades. True. Right? I've seen that once. That's like for kids. There's lots of stuff yeah, for kids. Yeah, There's yeah. lots of stuff for everybody, yeah, actually. Too. They have the rural sports competitions. Never seen that one. I have. Only Where because one year um, Gavin competed so i went to watch <sighs> what did he compete, compete as this it's is in the i don't know like right in front of the opera house okay wow yeah he had to carry the 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 Stones. milk jugs oh that's so cute <laughs> milk jug carrying is, yeah as a sport like a race with the two heavy milk jugs that's so cute and of course like cutting wood and 
That's one of the other typical Sawing ones. Sawing wood is another one. Sawing wood. Cutting with the, the axe. Building the st- lifting the stones yep. over your shoulder. Yep. And then there's the cow that drags stones. That's a typical one as well. Yeah. But Maybe they, they don't do, do that. that here. No, they no. wouldn't do that in the middle of the city. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. And then, you know, there's like theater, um, bullfights, blah. Right? So yeah. That yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. And then there, but there's like music, um, you know, mm-hmm. shows. Concerts, yeah. Concerts, yeah. So, you know, a joyous and rather raucous occasion, if yes. you will. So if you've never been, it's worth a visit because it's quite impressive as well. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Crazy. The yeah. whole downtown area close to the old town just becomes a big party mm-hmm. area. Like yeah. as if you just put a music festival right in the middle of the city. Yeah. And just let it go for like, what, 10 hours? Nine days. <laughs> Nine days. Yeah, 10 hours every day. <laughs> This brings us to one of the most important words in the Basque culture, I think. What's that? Gao pasa. Gao pasa, yeah. Have we talked about that before? I think we might Probably, have. probably. The cute listeners, the completists, yeah. <laughs> probably know it. So what, what, explain it. Gao pasa, it means you pass the night. So pas, pas, pasar, same thing. And then gao, gawa is the night. night. So okay. if you just, it's, it, you go through the night. So if you so you stay up all night into the next day. It's surely a term in English for that, but it's uh, yeah. If if you stay up all night and don't go to sleep, and then you're still up around eleven, you're like, oh, how's the day going? I'm like, you're doing great, go pasa. <laughs> As in, you haven't been to bed. You have not. You're got, still yeah, up. You're still out and about. Mm. Yeah. The story I'll be telling you today is one that took place during Asta Negusia in 1983. Okay. Mm. I'm afraid I already know the gist of it. Yeah. This is my one-sentence synopsis, okay? Let's go for it. Let's go. Agua Fiestas takes on a new meaning in the 1983 Azte Negocia of Bilbao. So what is Agua Fiestas? So Agua Fiestas is a word that is Agua Water, Fiestas, uh, the party. So the water party, it it doesn't make sense. but In English, it'd be party pooper. It is, exactly. Thank you for the translation. <laughs> That's the meaning. So if you call somebody an agua fiesta, it means that they're like a party pooper. They're trying yes. to bring down the vibe. Yes. I'll set the scene, okay? Set the scene, babes. So August 15th is the day of the Virgin, the Virgin, right. here in Bilbao, as you were saying before about the patron, right? Right. So ours is a virgin. <laughs> More than... Uh, you say so. I know, you know, because it's either a virgin <laughs> or some dude. <laughs> So, um, on that day, more than 150,000 people make a pilgrimage to the Basilica of Bogonia, which is where the Virgin Saint is. The mm-hmm. Virgin Saint of yes. Bilbao is the yes. Bogonia. Up the mountain. Mm-hmm. And so, they come from all over Biscaya. She was declared the patron saint of Biscaya by Pope Pius X in 1903. But, uh, most importantly, it is a holiday, and people get the day off work. So, Score. Score. I'm good with holidays. And even more importantly, this day will set into motion when we will start, when we celebrate Asta Negusia, right? Mm. As you were saying, the big week. So this year, the 15th of August was on a Tuesday, meaning our fiesta started on the following Saturday, the 19th, and then continued through the entire week, ending on Sunday, the 27th. That was this year. Okay. Okay. So, you know, most towns in the Basque Country or in in Spain, they have town festivals celebrating one saint or another. Hmm. I mean, Portugal, France, Italy, they do yeah, that as well. Yeah, I imagine, yeah. Just to but I've never lived at any of those make places. Make it neutral. So, yeah. You know. 
During the dictatorship of Franco, the August Festival in Bilbao offered public events like the Giants Parades, um, the Gargantua, mm-hmm. which is like a... Just a slide. It's a slide, but it's like in the shape of a Basque man, mm-hmm. and the slide comes out of the mouth. So the kids... It, it, it comes... You climb up into the mouth. Oh, you climb up the mouth, what... and then you slide out the back exactly on the slide. Like a poop. Yes, he's <laughs> pooping you out. He's eating you and then pooping you out. How, yeah, it's still a big thing for children in Bilbao. Yeah, and the one that we have is, is like, it's got the big chapella. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's, yeah. I love Maybe it. Maybe you can find a picture of that for our social media. It would be Because it cute. is pretty funny. It would be cute. Um, there was concerts. There was bass dancing, apparently, even during Franco days. Carnival mm. rides, fireworks. Yeah. yeah. And along with, like, other paid shows like theater and bullfighting, oh, all that stuff. Right. <clears throat> Operas, things like that. Oh, so, <clears throat> none of this at the time was organized by the actual citizens of the city, okay? Okay. So, in 1973, El Corte Inglés, mm-hmm. which is a department store. Yeah, like Macy's or something would be in New York. Yeah. Uh, Corte Inglés is for the whole state of Spain and yeah. the Basque country. Yeah. Um, they organized the first ever Basque Rule Sports Week. Called Eri Kirolak. Yeah, Eri is a village and Kirolak is just sports. So sports. village sports is literal translation. Yeah. Um, so at the time they featured the best athletes of these sports. How at, fun. You know. the, the sports we were just talking about. Lifting stones, carrying yeah. jugs of Sawing milk. Sawing things in half. Logs Hilarious. in half. Hilarious. You have to come <laughs> yeah, and watch. It is pretty fun. <laughs> carrying milk jug. <laughs> I mean, talk about pride in your culture. I mean, it's the best. It's yeah. The best. <laughs> I just love it. So this turned out to be pretty popular among the citizenry. So as a result, the store, the Corte Inglés, they proposed that the participation of the city council also participate in this. Okay, yeah. So they wanted this event to be like a mainstay during the future fiest, uh, fiestas yeah. or festivals, and it yeah. was rejected at the time. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. So in um, 1977. <laughs> Just after he died, Franco. This is after, this is, yep. In 1977, the radio presenter and journalist, Sorion Eguleor. Eguleor, probably. Thank you. He suggested on his show to hold a callejita, which is a street Ooh. parade, right? Calle is street. Well, in, Gira in, is tour. Well, but the, spelled in the Basque way, right? You're mixing a little bit. We would say callejita, not calle. Calle. Is oh, sorry. Yeah, it's callejita. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. I, I did pronounce it wrong. I mean, like I do on this it's podcast. Fine. <laughs> Well, calle is the word for street in Castilian. Yes. And with a double L. And then in Basque, instead of C-A-L-L-E, they say K-A-L-E. Yeah. And instead of saying Y, you say an L. So calle. Calle. Calle yeah. So just for the listeners. Yeah. It's, uh... So he suggested to hold this calle mm-hmm. um, to include more of the population in the festival festivities. Okay. Right, so I, I'm. <clears throat> so he did a call de- out on the radio. He was like a uh-huh. presenter at the time. Are you going to de- define what Calahita is? Because I know what it is now. I'm not sure. What well, it was like a same. street parade. Right. So I don't know. Is there a new meaning to that? Well, now it's a specific thing. It's the first oh. day of fiestas. We okay. do Calahita before the opening of fiestas. Okay. And Calahita is you go through the old town, like zigzaggy, like through a few places. Mm-hmm. So kind of. And then people throw water in you if they want. 
That's part of the festivities. Agua fiesta. <laughs> not quite. Kidding, not kidding. quite. No, it's not. And, um, but yes, foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so we, and then we get to in front of the theater, Ariaga Theater, and that's where Marihaya comes out, starts the party, and that's yeah. when the music starts. Mm-hmm. So that's specifically what Kalahiri is today. So, so he Kalahiri. called for this. He wanted to bring out people to do this How sort of thing. fun. He and didn't know what he, he was starting. <laughs> yeah, so it surpassed his expectations and more than 5,000 people came out of nice. all ages with their Icurinhas. Icurinhas? Icurinha is your Basque flag. flag. It's like calling the Union Jack by its name. Mm-hmm. Union Jack. Yeah, Icurinha is the name and mm-hmm. it's got a lot in common with the Union Jack. Mm-hmm. It was inspired by it. Oh jeez! <laughs> I mean, and they had their athletic fa- flags, the the football team, right? Yes. There was uh, chistulares, chistularis. Yes, which uh, are the flute players. It's exactly. like a little flute type. Chistu is the name of the local oh. flute. Yeah. The local dancaris, which are the dancers. Dancaris. Excuse me, dancaris. Very good. And um, so again, they went to propose before the city council that this be more of like a public. Uh, involvement. Let's do that. Okay, so this is what their explanation was oh. for this. So the festivals of Bilbao for years and traditionally has been ensured that they lack the authenticity of popular participation. The fiestas of Bilbao in short are not popular. They <laughs> do not transcend the general public of Bilbao because the people do not participate in them. Mm. The issue has been repeatedly discussed both socially and in our media. The festivals in their most popular spirit and argument should represent the locality and the personality of a town. For this reason, El Corte Inglés, because remember El Corte Inglés brought in the sports, and the uh, collaboration of the town hall and the participation of the media is holding an ideas competition under the slogan, Let's Make the Bilbao Fiestas Popular. Mm. It is the people of Bilbao who must contribute, suggest achievable ideas for eminently popular festivities that satisfy the people of our neighborhoods, the entire community of Bilbao residents, and that respond to the most sincere expression of achieving among all of us to make a better Bilbao. That's very sweet. It's very hopeful. I mean, it's the kind of thing you would, you know, yeah, very inspirational. I like that. Mm. All right, (laughs) let's take a break. Okay, so they wanted to have some ideas how the population could become, um, you know, part of the fiestas, okay? I mean, don't we need to say, hey, we're back. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're back. <laughs> so they wanted to have some I ideas about The fiestas. city council accepted it with that explanation that I gave mm-hmm. and that they mm-hmm. wanted some ideas from the people. Yes. Okay. Yes. So one of the winning ideas was the beginnings of the comparsas, mm-hmm. okay, which you briefly spoke about when we were talking about fiestas, right? So the comparsas are made up of um, quadrillas. Quadrillas? Do you want to explain? Oh my gosh, that's like a a whole episode on quadrillas, but... (laughs) The origin of quadrillas. A quadrilla is a typical name that you give to your group of friends. However, it's a very institutionalized group of friends. So usually it's your friends from school or, I mean, these days... Usually, you're, if you have a second quadrilla, it's from fiestas. So it's from uh, those kinds of commemorations where you, you join a comparsa, like a group, with and, and this is probably part of what you're going to say, with a message, right? Some are 
pro-feminist, some are pro-LGBTQ+, some are pro-Basque language, some are pro-whatever, like mm-hmm. uh, animal yeah, so rights. Yeah, like quadrillas, associations, social sector groups. Yeah. But, you know, but the, the comparsa has a kind of thing, like feminism. Yeah. Whereas, uh, like quadrilla, some sort of social action, right? Yeah, that like they... some message, something you want to put forward, be it Basque language or feminism, right? Like mm-hmm. to go for a couple of <laughs> examples, but then uh, you don't like you don't necessarily need to go with your quadrilla, the whole quadrilla, into, you know, people have different interests. But it's true that quadrillas are kind of more like a family than a group of friends because it's really rare that people are kicked out of it or join it, to be honest. It, they're kind of fixed once you left school. They're usually that group of friends and they meet quite often through the year, mm-hmm. even into like post-adulthood with your children. Mm-hmm. You'll, you'll meet your quadrilla and then your husband's quadrilla and maybe... If you have a second quadrilla from fiestas, that'll be a, a more closer to your interests group of friends. But that's the kind of traditional structure of quadrilla and and and, mm-hmm. and comparsa. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah, good. I hope everybody could follow that. <laughs> but we're gonna go on about this for half so episode. In, so in the beginning, probably. they they uh, had like minimal requirements. What would make up a comparsa? Okay. Right? So it was a minimum of fifty people. And they mm-hmm. all had to wear the same outfits. <laughs> that nice was and easy. The requirement, yeah. Got a blue shirt, white. So generally pants. today, yeah, it's like t-shirts, right? Matching t-shirts. That's what we do today. We usually, yeah. if you're doing, yeah, if you're working with the the comparsa, they'll give you a uniform. Yeah. Usually. Um. So you also today, today speaking, I don't. Back in the day, it wasn't this strict, but you have to, um, in order. to form a comparsa you have mm-hmm. to demonstrate that you are a form of like social organization mm-hmm. that's doing something for the community yeah. in some way or another this so each comparsa will erect its chosna so a chosna it's like the bar but it's like a temporary bar you just set it up with uh, scaffolding uh-huh. and uh, generally decoration today, they maybe decorate it yeah. back the day you'd make some wooden structure Mm-hmm. Of course, decorate it with your theme, you know. So if you're a feminist, you're going to go whatever your slogan of the year is. Mm-hmm. There's stickers, there's music. It's um, But there's a lot of music over a lot of music. So. <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there <laughs> it's is. It's pretty chaotic <laughs> anyway. So at least three Chosnas get together in general <laughs> to supposedly coordinate. <laughs> but it's pretty chaotic. It's pretty pretty fun. Uh, so this idea to create these comparsas that would um, erect their chosna in the Arenal, which is where they hold that where all the chosnas are held, are basically that's the main area. Yeah, the Arenal, so the Arenal is like a is the plaza. Yeah, in front of the theater and in front of the river. Yeah, and right, like just next to Old Town. It's like very emblematic, very like one of the oldest plazas in Bilbao, I think. Mm. So, in the beginning, they assumed, the city council, they assumed there'd be no more than, like, eight of these comparsas. But, in the first year, it was 24. Wow. And it was made up of more than 1,600 people. Wow. 1,600 people, yeah. Very good. Today, there are 30 comparsas. Mm. Oh, I didn't know. The oldest ones being, um, okay, here we go. 
Bitsia Leak. No. Bisisaleak. Yes, thank you. Onzak. Onzak. Pimpilipausa. Pimpilipausa, yeah. Satorrak. Satorrak, yeah. Tintigori. Tintigori. Chomin Barruyo. And Uribari. Uribari. Oh, nice. Sweet. And of those, which one is your favorite, Douglas? I mean, I mean, I think I have to say Pimpilin Pausa. Yeah. I figured you would. Yeah, because it's the most gayest and party. It's the gayest. And they are like all about the party. And can I tell you a little little detail about Pimpilin Pausa you might not know? Yeah. Please. So traditionally, all the all the kind of pubs, the chosenes, right, the bars, they have food, mm-hmm. and then I don't know, how, like th- because at some point people expected every chosen to have food. Pimpilin Pausa, their social motto is just to have fun. It's not Basque. It's not, you know, women. It's just to have fun. Fun. Yeah. So. What they spend their money on during the rest of the year is not Basque or feminism. It's just getting drunk and having fun. <laughs> so their f- their drink they had their food was oh, yeah. champagne and cake. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's the only thing they served. If you want food, there's champagne and cake, <laughs> which I think uh, you know you you get the feeling. They don't do that and, anymore. They don't do food anymore. Glitter. And uh, tope. today, yeah. their main thing is just glitter. They Tons of hand glitter. people like a little cup of glitter. You just ask for glitter. They'll give you glitter. They'll hand you a little cup of glitter. And, and do that. Pour. And if you ever go to that Chosna during fiestas, you will go home and have glitter in, in your bed. For the rest glitter. of your year. Yeah. To remember <laughs> You will never get rid of that glitter. Exactly. It's, it's <laughs> all about I mean, just being fun. there. You don't even have to ask for the glitter. Just being yeah. in the presence yeah. of the Chosna, will, you'll be covered in glitter. Yeah, because two, two, two quadrillas over to the left, somebody gets excited and throws it in the air and it mm-hmm. falls on everybody. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I mean, this year we were fun. there one night and... Just by rubbing up against yeah. people, I was covered in glitter by yeah. the time I got home. Exactly. Exactly. So fun. And they have good fun concerts. Yeah, fun, they do. They do. Fun music. Yeah. Drag queens. So, yeah, yeah. I do love that. Yeah, it's fun. I do love that. <clears throat> okay, so here's some other notable features of us in Agusia. There's the town crier or the pregoilari. That's the person that's in charge of reading the announcement of the festival and encouraging people to attend. Officially, they would simply read uh, the proclamation. Mm-hmm. And in the past, you know, they had no other formal role. Mm-hmm. But today they attend various events throughout the week. They're a big mainstay. Right? Yeah. And they yeah. do, they make appearances. Yeah, right? it's become a personality thing. Hmm. It's part of it. It's part of it. <laughs> in 1988, Giuseppe um, Thauzo, mm-hmm. Thauzo, he designed their uniform. Consisting of a yellow tailcoat jacket, a black plumed bicorn hat. So the bicorn hat is that like triangle type hat. Kind of like uh, Captain Cook, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A white guerrico, which is a sash. Good. Thank you. Um, White pants or skirt for everyday wear and black for ceremonies. (laughs) Wow. I like that they have two different... Yeah. The the pants or the skirt change depending on the... What they're doing. Um, the uniform is a play on the uniforms that the liberal militias wore when defending the town against the Carlistas during the sieges of Bilbao. 
Ooh, Remember refer, the Carlistas? Refer back we talked to... about them a couple yes. of times. <laughs> uh, the Chupinera is the official kickoff of Astenegusia. Mm-hmm. It's the firing of a rocket or firework to mm-hmm. get things started. This is actually an old municipal job in Bilbao, exclusively mm-hmm. held by women. Oh. And was apparently handed down from mothers to daughters. Oh, that's kind of cute. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, you know, like a king and queen thing where it's blood and that's weird. But at the same yeah, time, that's... if it's just somebody random. Yeah. That's cute. So their role was to just notify residents of the great popular ceremonies or the festivals by firing the chupins. Little fireworks. Oh. They too have an official uniform. A red tunic with epat. Epaulets? I don't even know what that is. Epaulets. Oh, epaulets. Thank you. Thank you. I just can't pronounce words. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't know if it was Basque or English, yeah, it's I understandable. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> black piping. So those the tunic has black piping on the neck and gold buttons. A black skirt with a side slit. Very official. White or red chapella. Later, it was decided to leave only the red one. Oh. With the villa's shield embroidered on it. Um, a medium-heeled back, black patent leather shoes with white stockings. So well, that's their uniform. Very specific. Yeah. Originally, the first when the first Fiestas Commission of 1978 decided to bring back this role as part of Astenegusia, it was given to a municipal worker. Mm. But today, the role of Chupinera is given to a member of one of the comparsas. Oh, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. A comparser... No, comparsera. Comparsera. That would be the person, right? In Castilla. Comparsera. What would it be in Basque? Uh, maybe Comparzaile. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> and uh, last but not least, we can't talk about Astenegusia without mentioning our mascot, Marijaya, which Marijaya. you mentioned before, right? Yes. <laughs> so, since 1978, she has been the official symbol of the festivities. She's a robust woman. In a yes. comfortable yet not so attractive outfit. <laughs> I like how you define it. As not I so defined attractive. it that way. That's how I was trying to think of how can I define it's what very, she looks like. It's very uh, terrible makeup job, like yeah, really bad makeup. Yeah, yeah. Her arms are perpetually raised as if she's dancing her ass off. Yeah, I know. Having Just a great time. A, yeah, drunk older lady. Yeah, <laughs> fits every time. A woman of a certain age. Yes. A happy woman of a certain yes. age, I good think, time fits gal. everybody. She yeah. is a good time gal. We're, we're digging it. So she was born on August 19th, 1978, oh. and was designed and built by Maripuri Herrero. Mm. And in 19, 1997, she got her own song, Batador Marijaya. Mari, 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 I don't know it all, but it's a must, and you will learn it by the end of us. I still haven't learned it, but I read, I like seeing parts. I mean, of it. You, yeah, you that's all. Part. It's all you know what is happening. It's just the the what do you call the the repeat part? Oh, the refrain uh, in Castilian, the chorus. You you got the mari mari bit. Okay, so I've set the scene. For what Astenegusia this, is. This is what Astenegusia is, yeah. yeah. We all, now, all our listeners have an idea. And unfortunately, we're talking about 83. I know you guys thought we were just laughing about fiestas, but no. <laughs> There's actually get a story serious. here. Yeah. yeah. Hold on to your chapellas, guys. Yeah, hold on to your chapella. It's getting serious now. Yes. In 1983... Um, before okay. the song was written, so before I don't. Before the song was written, I don't yeah. know if I can relate anymore, right. Julie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So in the year of our story, 1983, August 15th was on a Monday, and the fiesta started on Saturday the 20th. The Chosnas were built, ready for business, lining the Ardenal. Yeah. The launch of the Chupinazo was at Begonia that year, um, which was an agreement between the mayor and the corporates of the PNAUV, which is the political party we've One talked about. One of the about. main... Yeah. Right HB now. and EE, I don't even know who they are. That's the... The, the, the left-wing Basque nationalists, the people I would have voted for. Okay. And then the coordinating committee of the comparsas, okay? Mm-hmm. So they all decided to do the Chubinazo at Begonia. Begonia, which is another neighborhood. Not the old town, but... Right, but the church that is the Virgin Saint Church up, yeah, of up, Bilbao that yeah. sits above the city. Up the mountain from old town. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they decided to put it there because the civil governor apparently mm-hmm. wanted to raise the th- three flags at the town hall: the Bilbo flag, mm-hmm. the Icoruña, yeah, which is the, the Basque, Basque flag, flag, and the Spanish flag. Well, you gotta live with what you gotta live with. So I'm assuming that, like in the early days, the Chupinazo was at the town hall, and that's why they decided to move it to Begonia mm-hmm. because the okay. civil governor wanted to raised the three flags and people were like no right so right don't decided, do it in let's front just of go to begonia where the hall. virgin is yeah, yeah and just do it from there okay interesting so today it takes place at the arenal at the opera house that's where the chupinazo it, takes it does place. right in front of arenal yeah um so the post the chupinazo the comparsas and 25 no 2500 mm-hmm. um party goers descended on to the Arietta. yes to listen to this year's uh, Pregoilari, mm-hmm. the town crier, right? His mm-hmm. proclamation, which was given by an athletic player. He gave the proclamation. Everyone's having a grand old time. Marijaya is there, but her song is yet to be written, so it's not being played oh. ad nauseum at that point. <laughs> Everybody was innocent. <laughs> yes. I would it say. It was the 80s. People don't the have. The outfits were amazing. <laughs> people don't have something to rally around. It's true that the, I'm sure the outfits were more amazing. Yeah. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So that Forever first buddy. night was the first sign of things to come. Okay. A short but intense downpour fell onto the crowds as they partied into the night. Boom. I mean, nothing too That's extraordinary not here. Not no. strange for Bilbao, right? I mean, it rains. This has never stopped Bass from partying. We are it used to it being rained on at any yeah. time of the year. We have to be... If we didn't go out when it was raining, we'd never go out. Is, exactly. Is the we little... would get nothing done. Yep. Um, the Mondragon Orchestra was performing that mm-hmm. evening. Um, the Gargantua cool. was swallowing children and shitting them out. How... The fireworks were attracting crowds. Like, everything was still going. Everybody was still partying. 1983. Mm. But the rain continued throughout the week, and it was reported that the wet weather did not hinder the fun. There were, like, reports in the newspaper about the bullfighting taking place in a swimming pool. So they're, like, making little jokes about it. Like how, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And by Thursday, it was learned that the Chosnas had taken in 250% more than in the previous year. Ooh. Yeah. So they were making money, making money. And this was not the second year, so it's a good year. Mm Mm-hmm. So it was nearing the end of big week. Uh, revelers were partying into the last weekend of festivities when disaster struck. So shall we break here before I get into disaster? And we're back. So let's get into the meat the of basics. our story. So hang on to your chapella, Douglas. 
I mean, everything's yes. about to go to hell. Unfortunately. Yeah. I've so, seen it coming. So, like I said, they were coming into the last weekend of fiestas, mm. right? They've mm. already had a week full of rain. So, Friday, the Friday, the August 26th okay. of 1983, 9 a.m., torrential rains are moving from east to west mm-hmm. in Kipuzkoa. There were reports of like farmhouses in some isolated villages that were just being demolished by this destructive downpour. Yeah, so these like rains were already slides. causing problems. Yeah, hmm. but Bilbao was still relatively calm at that point. Okay. Around noon that day, Bilbao experienced a cold snap, and the rain intensified. Hmm. Okay. Right. Right. The Nervion, which is the river that passes through the city and mm-hmm. whose head stream begins outside of the town of Yorio, which is 20 kilometers inland, mm-hmm. <clears throat> by 3 p.m. it was already threatening to overflow. Okay? The river. Yeah. In Bilbao. In Bilbao. very high. Yeah. So alarm was being, you know, it was beginning to spread among the partygoers and the citizens of Bilbao as mm-hmm. the water was growing higher and higher with every passing hour. Mm-hmm. By 7 p.m. that evening, the river was now filling the streets of Casco Viejo. Mm-hmm. Which means it's filling Arenal it's as well. It's overflowed. It's there. Yep. Where all Along the, the river in party, the Arenal. Temporary bars are set up. Yeah. Um, hmm. They were completely inundated with fast moving water. It's true. It's not just water, it's moving water. Yeah, <clears> it's <throat> true. <Water>. The <laughs> Chosnas were now being swept away. Yeah, because they're right next to the river. Yep. Along with them, all the stereo equipment, yeah. refrigerators, all the appliances that you would have behind the bar. At the some, drinks. Yeah, everything that you'd have back the there. The money. The money. The money is just flowing. <laughs> I mean, these days, I think they probably take it out every day, but still. The deluge of water swept through the Ribera Market, mm-hmm. also on the river, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It ripped off its metal doors and dragged out all the contents that were inside wow. the market. Yeah. And, and this is... So it's just like a water flow going right through the yeah. market. La Ribera Market is a really big covered building market, mm-hmm. which is ne- next to the old town. And when they built it, it was the biggest covered market in Europe. Mm. Oh. It's, yeah. It's three stories high and you know, mm-hmm. it's, pre- it's, it's a really lot of nice space. It's a nice building. Yeah. It's pretty beautiful. It's been restored recently. It's yeah. pretty nice. It's- to imagine that with all the stuff just being... <laughs> yeah, just ripped out of it. Yeah, that is crazy. That's... Um, a cascade of water um, descended from Mont Arais, destroying everything in its path. The Bilbo Biabia Highway, which is the one that you would take to go to Denostia and then on to France. Okay. And the Malmacen Tunnel, which is that tunnel that goes. Malmacen, yeah. Malmacen Tunnel, which is the one that you go when you're leaving Bilbao. That whole highway is like a river. Okay. And the tunnel. Wow. It's just a river. That's, that's quite high, mm-hmm. I think. More than 5,000 vehicles were caught up in that flow of water. 83. That's yep. like half the vehicles. In the yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm exaggerating, yeah. but wow. In Matico, there were landslides that brought down trees, stones, and earth, cutting off all the roads that run in and out of the city. The Abando train station transformed into a waterfall, and the train tracks were becoming like a literal river that channeled straight into the center of the city. Wow. Yeah. Manholes along the streets were bursting and flying through the air. Wow. So, like, if the water didn't kill you with all the debris that mm. it was carrying, you might get hit by a flying manhole. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. 
Um, throughout Biscaya, rivers overflowed, creating landslides and immobilizing the entire populace. From Alaya Valley to Bilbao, the factories and various industries that lined the banks were destroyed in a matter of hours. Wow. It's true. And then, to add insult to injury, the tide came in. Yeah, that was the big difference. Mm-hmm. It was this unlucky, because it wasn't the tide. And the thing is, this is part of lore of Bilbao, right? You just hear things. And, I, and the thing that just shocks me is this triple, quadruple coincidence, right? the super unusual rains it's the tide coinciding at high at that moment mm-hmm. but then the thing that i am always like fuck it's like the wind was blowing right into the port which made every More all the waves just wave, be higher yeah. um so once this happened that the tide came in um the entire ibaizabal basin gave way and overflowed up to five meters at various points. So those Americans that don't think in meters, a meter is essentially a yard, which is three feet. So that's like five yards, 15 feet. So this is like five a meters at various of points of Biscaya. Yes. A lot of water. That's like second story <clears throat> is being flooded. Yeah. Sort yeah. of water. Yeah. Because level. a story is 10 feet. I don't know that rule, but you go for it. So that would be two meters and something? 250 maybe in old No, times. not two meters. Three meters and something. Uh, that sounds very high for today, but... But 10 feet is uh, the average of a, of a building is a story. I'm not a builder. You're not an architect. I'm not. I'm not an I'm architect. Not. We never claim to be no, architects. Don't take our advice for building your house. <laughs> <Yeah>. Don't. <laughs> eh, three meters and something. <laughs> Um, one of the remaining symbols of Bilbao's shipbuilding past Mm -hmm. was the ship called um, Consulado. Mm -hmm. It had been docked permanently in the river until the floodwaters loosened its moorings, causing it to violently smash from one side of the river to the other. Oh, wow. Until it finally sank. Wow. Yeah. Um, Both the Bulueta and La Ribera bridges were wiped out. Okay. And in the neighborhoods of La Peña and Peñascal, entire buildings were taken down. Oh, wow. Um, The city was then plunged into utter darkness as the night wore on in the ceaseless rain. And that is crazy because La Peña is already part of the river and not the tidal river. So it went up so much that it invaded way up past, past, you know, what would generally be influenced by the tides. Like five meters is a lot. So the citizens found themselves without electricity, gas, mm, communications, transportation, drinking water, and countless thousands were without housing. The radio did, however, experience a comeback and was now the only means with which people could receive news and information and alert those unaffected to their dire situation. Yeah, it was the 80s before mobiles. Mm-hmm. Can't even think about it that mm-hmm. way anymore. It's crazy. Um, so there were constant public announcements on the radio telling people, quote, please, nobody leave the house. Stay away from Bilbao. Mm. Stay out of Biscaya. Nobody come near. Mm. This is what they're just yelling out over the radio. Wow. 
So the isolation was real because of the landslides, the tunnel floodings, and the missing yeah. highways and bridges. The city of Bilbao and other smaller municipalities throughout Biscaya were utterly like stranded. Mm. One journalist stated after seeing the aftermath that Biscaya had become a great sea riddled with small islands. Throughout the night of the 26th, Friday the 26th, until Saturday the 27th, the only lights that could be seen were those of candles burning in the windows of homes where people were like hunkering down. Um, the sounds of the fiestas were eerily replaced by the sounds of vehicles and other debris being dragged through the city, smashing into each other or into the homes along the river. Very poetic. Accompanied by sounds of people, people's like desperate cries for help. Yeah. So like Ouch. looking for assistance and getting off the roofs that they were stranded oh, on. Man. Or others just shouting, we want to live. By 9 a.m. the following morning of August 27th, the endless rain finally let up. In just that 24-hour period, 1.5 million tons of water fell in 24 hours. Um, the aftermath was devastating, to say the least. Yeah. <clears throat> Most affected within the city of Bilbao was Casco Viejo and the, the neighborhood. Yep, in the neighborhood of La Peña. Mm, there were which two, is the upriver, which yeah. is the one I was saying. Two fatalities were reported from La Pena. No. And both of which were virtually like buried in mud. La Pena was like buried. And Costco was buried in mud. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, like today if we go to the bars in Casco Viejo, they some of them have like the water mark where how high the river yeah. where the water had reached in, And they're usually above in the bar. Yeah. The, the, yeah. They're around the first story level. Yeah. Like really like high in the to, first story level? Yeah. Like yeah, like a, a lot of buildings would have had their first and second story affected. Like, mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot, when I say first story and second story, because I know there's the disagreements. Floor. The ground floor. Yeah, the whole ground floor was either 80% full or depending on the building, the ground floor plus the next floor would have had maybe 20, 30 centimeters in their like next floor yeah. affected. So. Yeah. Yeah. What? Not just water, but it would have been like mud and yeah. other shit, right? It would be everything that would like rubbish flowed down. down. Yeah. Trees. Animals. Branches. Dead animals. Yeah. We think I look for a little animal. Yeah. So, um, in Peñascal, which is located at the base of Monte Monte Ariz or Mount Ariz, which that whole mountain became like an avalanche of rock and mud. Landslide. That's what you call it. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Thank you. And it left 5,000 residents homeless. That's a lot of people. In just that, yeah. So, like, where do you even go when everybody around you is fucked? Like The height of the water, a lot of the schools would have been inundated. Mm -hmm. So it's a very hard thing to deal with, mm -hmm. for sure. Other municipalities highly affected by the floods were Galdacao, um, Echibari, Arigoriaga, which You're we mentioned great. before. You're doing great. Basauri, Yodio which we said was the near the headstream mm -hmm. of the Nervio. Mm -hmm. um, in Yodio, five people lost their lives when four Guardia Civil tried to save a young man who was drowning, oh, and they all died. It's so sad when it yeah. happens. It's really sad. Yeah. There were reports that Bermeo, like that town that we talked about with the Galerna. Which used to be the capital of Biscaya. Yes, I yes. know that place. Yes. They, they, there were reports in the beginning that uh, that whole town had been wiped out. 
their mail. Oh my gosh. And had disappeared. I mean, because if that goes up five meters, like as like the same yeah, as here, you would cover the whole port, which is just around there, all the houses that around the port. So it would cover the first floor of all those houses and maybe the second floor. So. Yeah. It's understandable people would have assumed that. So they're like saying, everybody's like, oh my God, Bermeo's gone. You that know, people is, were talking because nobody really knew. horrible, yeah. You had only the radio. You had yeah. like no news. Phones are down, yeah. no mobile. No news of anything, yeah. They were saying that the whole town had disappeared, but fortunately this was not the case. The casino though, there apparently there was a casino yeah. that was on the pier. Mm-hmm. It was split in two by the force oh of the water. Gosh. So, like, as you can see, there was, like, a lot of misinformation and a lack of information, and people were desperate to find their relatives and their loved ones, you know, and all this mess. Telephones weren't an option for checking in on folks, so families left reassuring messages to be broadcast on the radio in the hopes that they would assuage any of those worries. Yeah. To assuage the worries of people that were, like, thinking about them that didn't know what was happening, right? The radio also acted as a call to action for those in unaffected areas to donate and collect the vital necessities like medicine, drinking water, baby food. Yeah. Yeah. It was also used as a means to communicate to the general populace where said items would be distributed. Oh, that's good. For those in need. Okay. Now, this is what the Basque Country excels at is community organization. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just organization number one, community number two. They're good at it. They're yeah, they are. They are they good about coming shit. together. Yeah. They organize um, People from all over Bilbao, the province of Euskadi, the provinces and all over Euskadi, they all came to the aid of Biscaya in trucks or on buses. And thousands of volunteers from both sides of the Nervion's bank pitched in to dig through the mess left in the flood's wake. Mm, I've seen pictures of a cleanup, but mm-hmm. it took a long time. Um, it was even reported that a famous clown called Tonetti, mm-hmm. who was there performing, mm. you know, he was in town performing at the fiestas. He mm. and his crew aided in the cleanup. Oh, that's the clown. sweet. That's sweet. A star. And the star clown. Doing something for the people. Yeah. Moving. Do you think he was in full makeup? Mud. No, I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> and, you know, of course, the government did their part. They sent in the army to distribute food and whatnot. I mean, there that's not Firefighters, Guardia Civil, police. That's... Needless to say, the fiestas were completely demolished. Yeah. The cleaning crews were headed um, by the comparsas that were down in the in the oh. Casco Viejo and stuff. You see, that's why I'm in love with the Basque Country. Mm-hmm. Isn't it so sweet? People so just was like made up rally of... around each other mm-hmm. and really, it's so community-oriented. It's yeah. so sweet. Um, it was made up mostly of young people, students, waiters, office workers, like everybody. They mm. were armed with boots and shovels and little else in terms of protection. Yeah. If anything, some wore makeshift cardboard masks for the stink. Because you can imagine. I mean, a cardboard mask. mask. Yeah. I mean. Everything is rotting. and. We've been nasty. familiarized with masks in the last few years. So yeah. What the fuck is a cardboard mask? But a cardboard mask, yeah. So the Chosnas were, like, found, like, a pile of wreckage of yeah. metal and whatever else is in the Chosna. It was found, um, like, all around the kiosk that's in the Arenal. Cause, so that's, like, a little tiny stage. The yeah, kiosk. it's a stage, and then there's a bar, and there's, like... like a, a, and underneath there's a bar. Yeah. Uh, right in the middle of what we call Arenal slash Ariatza. Mm-hmm. So that's where most of the chosen debris ended up. ended up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, the it only it... chose not to survive. Mm. Oh, there was one. Yes, like fully intact. Ooh. Well, fully, probably not well, fully, but mostly, mostly intact. Uh-huh. Was Pimpili Bosa? Oh <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> the gay party <laughs> just. I mean, they've never been very gay. They're very gay today, but they're all about party. They're not necessarily gay at okay. all. Okay. So well, I'm, I always I mean, associate them with the gay. They're very gay friendly. Yes. They're very gay, fr- and they, I think they always have been, if you can tell by oh, their the choice LGBTQ. of food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The cake and Jamaica. Yeah. Oh. So he was I reported to have flowed all the way out to the mouth of the estuary, like to the like near Portugalete. They so, found it like mostly intact. So it actually flowed all the three way down or four river. kilometers. Yes. And it was intact. more than that. No, this yeah. is more than three kilometers. It's like more like 15. maybe five. No, not fifteen, but five. Yes. All the way to the mouth. I think Portugalete. so. I think so. I'm impressed. Ten points. So Marijaya, she met the same fate. She was also found crushed among all the debris oh. in the. Um, it's so romantic near that they the Arenal kiosk. Very romantic. Yeah, her half her face was missing, but her eyes are still eerily in place. Oh. So, oh, the things she must have seen. Look at oh her. Oh my gosh, Look that is such face. an eerie picture. I know. <laughs> like a gaping hole where yeah, her mouth would nose yeah, would be. Everything but her eyes are there. Yeah, her just... eyes and forehead. Yeah. So we'll, we'll put these pictures up. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's very poetic. The Ribera Market, the one we talked about, the Long River, it was completely gutted. There were gaping holes where the entrances um, were. Mm-hmm. Um, mud and debris filled the whole interior where vendors have stands, right, yeah. to sell fish, meat, fruits, all vegetables, gone. all that stuff, yeah. I yeah, mean, but here's the Rivera market. What it looked like. Oh my gosh! Like yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it's so destroyed. Yeah. yeah. So the whole front of it kind of came off. Mm-hmm. But the main body seems kind of mostly structurally. Yeah, intact. the structure, the out. Yeah, the, the. But it's almost like the two long sides survived, and then the like one. Like where the water came through, it just like. Yeah, just, they like, just shoved a hole through emptied it. it. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's so it's next Insane to the river. What water can do right. But it's always like two, three meters above the water. So it's crazy to imagine like five extra meters because that's over the second floor. It's, yeah. Wow. It's. Um, the media reports that came out repeated the same proclamations of devastation to describe what had become of Biscaya and the city of Bilbao, mostly. Quote Dante image. Dramatic situation, yeah. unprecedented catastrophe, desolate appearance, heartbreaking scene, sensation mm-hmm. of terror, devastation, corpses floated, stinking smell, fear, panic, terror, uncertainty, psychoses, apocalypse, nerves, tension, rage, desolation, or phrases such as the vicinity of the estuary is the closest thing to the remains of a city at war. Should we take a break before we finish? Let's do that. And we're back. We're back. Okay. So there were um, stories of survival that have been recounted in a documentary called 1983 Euskadi Inundada. So one of those stories was by from um, Javier Uriarte. Yeah, perfect. He was working in his family's factory when the flood caught him and his family by surprise. He relayed how the water immediately started entering the building with no warning, which forced them upstairs to the office, and when that started to fill with water, they were forced onto the roof. Oh, my gosh. 
They were stranded there on the mm-hmm. roof mm-hmm. until some kind residents rescued them by stretching a five-meter ladder. Oh, my god! Remember, five meters is about 15 feet. <laughs> Ten points, Julie. <laughs> Thinking about your poor... The Americans. So they stretched the ladder from a neighboring bridge to the factory's roof creating like a very scary tiny bridge absolutely they had to scale across to safety could you imagine oh my god no no and pouring rain and it's slippery probably like and it's just like i don't know when the water's gonna subside so yeah so you would take the ladder across of course i yeah. (laughs) yeah But even think, so he was with his family, you say. Yeah, because it's like a family business factory. So imagine, like, I hope none of the kids were there, but even there, even if it's like dad, mom, and... and, and, and Brothers-in-law or whatever, brothers. Uh, you know, who goes first, yeah. the scaredy one, you know. Can we go you more than this. one? Per- oh, my gosh. Yeah, so... um. Intense. This was the biggest natural disaster that the Basque country had ever experienced. And it came on the heels of an unemployment crisis hmm. due to the ever-increasing decline in the industrial sector Yeah, um, that had made the region one of the most, you know, this industrial sector that was Uskadi was one of the most prosperous, right, yeah. in the peninsula. Yeah, uh, Industry has always been very big here. And, mm-hmm. and in the know, 80s, it all kind of... Same thing happened in France, same ha- thing that happened in the UK. Yeah. Uh, industry was dislocated. They went other places. Other places were cheaper. And yeah. uh, here it became, you know, a lot of unemployment. Mm-hmm. The floods literally wiped out all of the industry along the river yeah. in Greater Bilbao. And um, in effect, it permanently closed many of them. Yeah. A lot of industries were in decline. Like, like let's just remind people that the, the industry here was very traditional on a as a basis. So it was all about iron ore, uh, shipbuilding, mm-hmm. mining, exporting the mining. So you know all those heavier industry kind of things mm-hmm. were very much in decline in the eighties. So. You know, it's not a nice way to go, but it's an efficient way to change yeah. gears and yep. change direction. And it did. Well, according to the stats, at least 26,000 jobs were lost. A lot of... The uh, humblest of families had lost everything. Yeah. And there were reports of, quote, all hell breaking loose in the poorest of neighborhoods. Yeah. So, uh, the days following the catastrophe, there were 30 arrests reported for looting of businesses and private homes. So, there's our crime. We got a crime, everybody, <laughs> with their notepad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's kind of natural that you looted at that point. I mean... Yeah. And the week I had, I mean... You have nothing. I've lost my nothing job. Nothing to lose, my, nothing My, my company was blown into the river. House. Yeah. I need some bread next week. What you going to do? Just steal some breads. Yeah. People were also reported um, for taking advantage of the vulnerable by extorting the prices of basic necessities like water and food, of course. A loaf of bread, for example, was 100. They're charging like 100 pesetas. So that's like between two. I looked it up, but I don't know if it's accurate. It's like between 250 and five euros for a loaf of bread. That's a lot. It's a lot when you're hungry. Yeah, it's not... 140 pesetas for a bottle of water, which is like between 3 and 7 euros. In Casco Viejo, every single business was destroyed. 
Yeah, because the, every single first floor, which is Gone. where the businesses are, were completely covered in water. Mm-hmm. And yeah. if that was fuck like your shit, with mud. It was yeah, just, yeah. I mean, most of your equipment's going to be spoiled. Yeah. And it took over a decade for Casco Viejo to recover. Yeah. So not until like ninety three. Yeah, and and I and I, so. I I would say post that really mm-hmm. just because of what I've read. Yeah, it says over a decade, so yeah, it, ten plus years to recover fully. Yeah. yeah. So the the real recovery of of, of the old town was post uh, post Guggenheim. Hmm. It's, it's recognized as one of the best revivals of an old town mm. because an old town a lot of times can be left over in a corner. Mm-hmm. It might not be, you know, as part of the city. And until this program by the city hall, and what they did was they pedestrianized everything, number mm-hmm. one. They fixed all of the structure of all the buildings, including electricity and water, mm. and roofs and facades. And if the people couldn't pay for it, city hall would make it happen you know mm-hmm. either give you a loan subsidies or yeah. subsidies or you know yeah just good loans so you know like it's one of the best examples in europe of turning around an old town the same happened like in Recalde. there was a lot of workshops and other small family businesses that were destroyed i can't believe the water reached there yeah that's crazy well it was the landslide from Monterrey. oh that makes sense yeah. right right um, so yeah, because Bilbao's in a valley, mm. several of those neighborhoods that were covered in mud and rock were mm. detached by landslides. They mm. were, there was lots of homes that were just like left in like kind of precarious, mm-hmm. like standing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, the force of the water raised many roads, like just like the roads kind of like burst up, almost burst up like an earthquake. Right. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. In total, 34 people lost their lives. With five people missing, so 35. Yeah. Or 39. Yeah, yeah, 39. I know, 35. <laughs> it's okay. Five, I can do that math, that's not that hard. Hey, it's a runny joke, runny plus joke. Plus five is 39. We got there in the <laughs> So yeah, 39 people. And then, you know, not to mention all the little animals that lost their lives. Mm. 101 Basque municipalities were devastated. Wow. 1.2 million euros worth of damage in the 80s. Yeah, and that was, was a third of which was in the is in Bilbao. Yeah, that's nothing really today. That's like a few houses. Right, that's today. in the eighties. Yeah. So yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah, who knows? So despite all this devastation and dismay and disaster, it did bring out the best yeah. in the city. Yeah. So makeshift relief centers popped up in schools and private homes where people donated clothes, furniture, food, supplies. Mm. Strangers took in families. Of course. You know, restaurants who'd lost all electricity set to work cooking up all the food they had in stock to be distributed. So sweet. Um, The press decreed that the floods had awakened the humanity of the city and was unlike anything that had been seen before. It's true. So the floods brought about a new Bilbao, as you were saying. It's true. The former longstanding mayor, 15-year run until his death... Oh. In 2014. So he, we were here when he was mayor. Ascuna. Yes. Oh my gosh. What's his first name? I forget. Come his on, Doodle. So Guess bad. it. It's a very Basque name. It also starts with an I. Oh my 
gosh, I sh- really should know. Because <laughs> I knew his surname. I know. I. Can we, no more help. I, Inyaki? Inyaki. Yes! Inyaki. Inyaki. Good Asprin. job. Yes, Inyaki. I've got a mental block for <laughs> the Inyaki. Yes. So he, Inyaki Ascuna, said of the floods, quote, The current town has little to do with that gray, polluted city with little job prospects for its inhabitants. For example, the Metro and the Guggenheim arose in its transformation. Yeah. yeah. The current mayor, he said, um, quote, they were difficult times for our economy, and the rains finished sinking the old Bilbao to yeah. make way for the new one. Yeah. So that's, that's basically the end of my story, but I did ask my in-laws about what they remember, and... My that's, mother-in-law that's nice, nice thing to said add. that um, they were on holiday in Galicia mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. Far west of and, the peninsula. Yeah. She had been talking by phone with her sister, who lived in um, Erandio, mm, which is a which is low lying. The municipalities, yeah, right along the river. North from here, yeah. And she kept, you know, every time they would talk on the phone, she kept saying, oh my God, I'm getting really scared. It doesn't look good. It doesn't look yeah. good. Wow. And uh, and then finally, the phone cut Died. out. They couldn't she didn't know communicate anything. anymore. So they didn't even have like a radio where they were staying. So they she oh, said that they wow. went down to like the bar oh to just gosh. watch the news oh to see gosh. what was happening in Bilbao. And so of course you're just seeing yeah. the worst. Their house was not affected because they're kind of like uh, they're up, in up. El Bosque, which is like right next to Achuri. Yeah, up up the hill. So they're up a hill, yeah. Up. Both she and my father-in-law mm-hmm. remembered when they were on their way back to Bilbao, stopping in Burgos and knowing that there was no water in Bilbao wow. to buy water in Burgos and getting ripped off. Oh, what? Like the chi- they were charging us. Like, yeah, like, like 100 prices. or 200 kilometers away. Yeah. It's like 100 Exuber miles prices away. to get water. And they're still... And that's what they remember like being... Like, what? That much for some water? Yeah. Of course, my mother-in-law is all, like, family-focused when I asked her about it. And then my father-in-law, his memories are just all about going to work. So he was working in, um, uh, he worked for the bank. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So his office was in Sababaru. Okay. Which wasn't affected. Okay. Right? By, well, some of it, somewhat. It's a bit higher. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Um, so he remembers having to, like, all transactions having to be written out by hand because there was oh. no electricity, no, you know. And also that they had to save things that were, like, in in safe boxes. Safe uh, deposit? Safe deposit boxes. Yes, mm-hmm. that's what they're called. <laughs> like, stamp collections. Oh. He remembers having to, just, like, save those and, uh, like, newly minted money. I'm happy we covered that. It's I think it's it's important for anybody who comes to visit Bilbao and to just kind of understand the city. Like and we are such a story of of being reborn because of the Guggenheim internationally mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. that I think that's a great kind of context to to kind of why we had to in a way, right? Like mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not advocating for that, but but somehow here the situation was so dire and so difficult that I think people, you know, just searched for better ideas. I mm-hmm. would I would hope. I think that must have contributed to their reimagining themselves. Yeah. And building the Guggenheim 
and, and reimagining the city, not as an industrial city, but as a cultural city and uh, service city and service city, which yeah. which really at that point seems ridiculous and unimaginable. Yeah. Really, when when I when, see what it was, yeah, because I know, yeah, because we know what a beautiful, uh, fun you know city it is today, and mm-hmm. how modern it is with all the transport and the metro. But yeah, to to you know, but back in the day, yeah, we talked about this. Like people wouldn't. Shit. <laughs> some days you wouldn't go outside because the pollution was so bad from the industry and yeah. the river. Like whenever I say, "Oh, that river doesn't look very clean," they're like, "Well, you should have seen it in the '80s." <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It was nasty. <laughs> exactly, stinking and all the acid rain and stuff and. So in a way, all of uh, not all of that, but a lot of that was washed away. Yeah. And nobody had to close that industry. It just got washed away. Yeah. It's... And we were saying that this year was the 40th anniversary. Yeah. Very appropriate, Julie. That was and uh, well someone done. Someone told us, but we didn't choosing. get a picture, which I wish we had. Okay. Of the they were on the Chosnas. They were putting the line where the water would have reached. <gasps> I didn't see on that. The I never realized. Yeah. Oh. And uh, and this year we didn't have like a week of rain. It was pretty hot during fiestas this year. Some rain towards the end. Well, yes, on Friday. True. The True. last Friday, which was what happened in the story, yeah. the last Friday is when all that rain fell. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't feeling the trauma. But I was I'm thinking sure about it because, of course, were... I was like researching the story at the time, oh, and I was so just sweet. like, oh, "It's happening on the last Friday of and fiestas you, again." You, Here we go. You couldn't even tell me that's sweet. That's sweet. <laughs> yeah, because we hung out, mm. and I couldn't tell Douglas because I had to surprise him. Well, it was worth it, Julie. Thank you for yeah. keeping the secret. <laughs> I love the story, even though I kind of knew what was coming from the title. Yeah. Because it's just something that we live. Yeah. No, I'm so happy you covered that. That's a great one. Thanks for listening. Um, follow great. us on Instagram, Facebook. Um, write to us. We're on, on YouTube now. Yes. We've got all the episodes right. on YouTube. Yes. And I think they do uh, the subtitles if anybody is struggling with our English, because I know not everybody is an English native language speaker. So Mm -hmm. on YouTube, they try to transcribe us. I wonder what they do. Yeah, me too. I haven't watched any of them. We're not guaranteeing any. But they're all up there. All our episodes are up. And we have a website too that has all of our episodes, crimesofthebasklands.com. With links, yes. You can write to us at gmail, uh, crimesofthebasklands at gmail.com. You can follow us, rate and review us if you and, and, are so inclined. And please do because every little like really makes a difference to a small mm-hmm. channel like us. And thanks for listening. Yes, thank you. We would like to bid you a Crimes of the Basque Lands is written and produced by Douglas D. Carvalho, Julie Garcia, and Megan Dooley. The sound and editing for each episode by Douglas D. Carvalho. I'm Megan Dooley. Theme song written by Douglas Carvalho. Julie Garcia. I'm Megan Dooley. Sung by the choir with no name and produced by Tom Squires. Podcast art by Distinct Signal. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Crimes of the Basklands and contact us at crimesofthebasklands at gmail.com with story ideas worldwide which have a connection to the Basque Country or any rave reviews. If you like our podcast, please subscribe like, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, Agur! Agur.